Morning, everyone. Good morning to you if you are watching us online. Um, This week I've been on retreat all week, something I try and do uh, every term. It's just had a wonderful time of just being away with the Lord. And um, I I, I was reminded, I I, I don't know if I saw it in my journal or or something that I was reading, I saw a, a church kind of notice board outside the church that said something along the lines of, Jesus is after spiritual fruit, not religious nuts. I thought it was funny. Um, And as we've been preparing for this, and and certainly this morning as we've been praying together, I I, I just want to kind of commend to you that um, like, we want you to hear from the Lord, right? We don't want you to get into some kind of pattern of just coming and turning up, and this is nice, and that's nice, and he's going to speak for a little bit, we'll have a little sleep at that point. Um, We we genuinely want the Lord to speak to you because we're believing for breakthrough. Do Do you want that? So let me just pray for you before uh, we begin. Um, So why don't you just close your eyes. I say, come Holy Spirit. Lord, we we are believing for a year of breakthrough. And and Lord, I just pray for every soul in this place that you would speak, that my voice would just disappear and that you would speak, that you would bring breakthrough, that you would raise faith in this place, that we may go from this place to be your hands and feet in effective ways because we know you are the God of breakthrough in our lives. So Spirit of God, do what only you can do in this time. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said? Amen. Amen. So if you were here last week, you know uh, like every single year we do a 40 days of series. Last week, Phil kicked off this series we've called 40 Days of Breakthrough. And if you remember, Phil shared with us one of the great Old Testament stories of David defeating the Philistines from 1 Chronicles 14. And through everything that Phil said last week, if you remember, he challenged all of us to pray that we're called to ask for breakthrough. And I want to commend that to you again. As we go into the rest of this series and into 2024, I want us to ask for breakthrough. Um, You remember also that Phil highlighted these little cards. They're all on your chairs. They should be on your chairs. And uh, what we want you to do is to take one of these cards. On the other side, uh, there's a little uh, space. And we want you to write down the areas of breakthrough that you need in your life. And our our conviction is that as God brings a breakthrough, that it's going to raise faith, that we are going to have stories of how God is breaking through in people's lives. And we'd love for you to share your story of breakthrough um, with us. So... As we go through the series, if you receive breakthrough, as we go through uh, this next beginning of the year and into the rest of the year, if you receive breakthrough from something you've been praying about and asking the Lord, please share it with us. We have an email address, breakthrough at Coastline Vineyard Church. We'd love to collate those stories and share uh, with um, one another. So if you'd be happy to do that, please do that. Oh, actually, I, was, I, I nearly forgot. James has told me that on the QR code that is on your seat, you can actually click and actually make uh, this break through your uh, wallpaper on your phone. How cool is that? And as Phil said last week, he's put the wallpaper on his phone, so every time he picks up his phone, he prays and he asks the Lord. So I'll just give that to you as well if you want to have that wallpaper. Okay, there is a picture that's going to come up on the screen And it's this. Who knows where this is? If you're in the first gathering, you know where this is, don't you? This is the Valley of Elah. And this was arguably the most famous um, valley and setting for a battle in the whole of the Old Testament. 
This is where the battle happened between David and Goliath. Today we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17, and uh, you'll know last week we heard about David the man, we heard about David the king. But here in 1 Samuel 17, we find out about David the boy. And the thing is, even if you haven't had much exposure to to Christianity um, at all, you will probably still know the story of David and Goliath. We know that Hollywood have made films about David and Goliath. We know that a lot of uh, films get made with a David and Goliath theme. So think about The Karate Kid, or, I don't know, Rocky, or The Lord of the Rings. They're all kind of David and Goliath-type stories. But we also hear the term David and Goliath all the time throughout sports. I don't know if any of you watched the World Darts Championship a couple of weeks ago. Uh, We had a guy there, Luke Littler, 16 years old. And even in the commentary, as I was watching, he was described as David against the the Goliaths of the darting world. And he, he did amazing. But because this story is so familiar, we often think we know what this is all about. It's about how God is rooting for the little guy. It's about how God is on the side of the underdog. But is that really what this story is all about? See, I believe this story has the ability to lead us into incredible breakthrough in our lives. But if you haven't ever heard this story before, let me set the scene. We've got this huge giant that would make Dwayne Johnson, the rock, look like a chipmunk. I think we've got a little picture there. And this giant is going to fight in a battle, but not in a battle against a soldier, not even a battle against another man. He's going to be in a battle against a boy. In this story, David is 15 years old. Think about it. doesn't even have a driving license. He probably isn't even shaving. And often when we think about David, when we read the scriptures and having talked to people about the stories of David for years and years and years, we kind of conjure up an image in our mind. And if you go to Florence in Italy, to the Academia Gallery, you will probably see the most famous statue in the whole of the world, and it's Michelangelo's David. Here he is. If you've seen this statue before, you'll know why we're only seeing the top half of this picture. But this statue is 14 foot tall. Here's David, bulging biceps. You know, he's got a torso like Ronaldo, a six-pack similar to me. What are you laughing for? Hold on a minute. Kind of Superman-esque, if you like. But often, this is what people think about when they think about David. But remember, this is not the David we're talking about in this story. The David we're talking about in this story is the youngest uh, um, child of a guy called Jesse. He's the smallest in stature of all of his brothers. And actually, if we'd all be out on that battlefield in that valley today, we'd have probably looked at this and thought, is this a joke? He is going to fight him? And from the outside, David is not very impressive. But on the inside, he is super impressive. He was a man after God's own heart, which is something that is said of David that is not said about anyone else in the Bible. Hopefully what I want us to see today is how we can all fight and face the giants in our lives and have genuine breakthrough 
and victory over them. You up for that? Okay. More than likely, every single person in this room and everyone watching this online, you are facing some kind of giant in your life. It might not be a physical giant, but maybe it's a a health giant. Maybe you've had a a diagnosis from the doctor and you're just not sure about how this is going to turn out. Maybe you're facing a financial giant. Maybe you're in debt and you think, I will never be able to get out of debt. For sure, some of you are facing a sin giant in your life. You are in a pattern of behavior where you feel like you're just going round and round and round and you just cannot find breakthrough. Maybe some of you are facing a spiritual giant. Uh, You're in a place which is dry and God seems like a million miles away. And maybe some of you are here today and you're just exhausted. Your faith is wavering. You you just want to throw the towel in. You're saying, I just can't beat this giant. But I'm here today to tell you, yes, you can. Because if David can, we can. But my conviction is, if we want to see the same breakthrough, we've got to follow the steps that David took. So... The first step that we must take is we've got to focus on God's presence. If you want to bring that picture up again of the valley, we've got the Philistines on one side and we've got the Israelites on the other. And the Israelites had been facing this giant for almost two months. And then the author tells us right off the bat the most detailed description of any soldier found anywhere in the Bible. So 1 Samuel 17 from verse 4 says this. It says, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scaled armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. Look, so, so you fully understand, Goliath was nine foot nine inches tall. Put that in perspective. He literally can dunk a basketball standing up. He, he is a massive guy wearing a t-shirt of bronze that weighed 80 kilos. He's carrying a spear with a spearhead on it that weighs 11 kilos. He's a monster. And he comes out every single day and he's challenging the Israelite armies to a one-on-one fight. Winner takes all. If he wins, they take all the Israelites and vice versa. But this has been happening every day for six weeks And surprisingly, no one's volunteered to step up to the plate. In fact, things had got so desperate that the king at the time, King Saul, had actually tried to bribe people to go out and to fight this guy. We see it in verse 25. So now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him and will also give his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. The king is basically saying anyone that's willing to go out, have a pop at this guy and beats him, they're going to have instant fortune, instant fame 
and become part of the royal family. And P.S., they never have to pay taxes again. But no one's interested. Saul couldn't find anyone to fight Goliath. The king wouldn't fight, that the generals wouldn't fight, the commanders wouldn't fight, the soldiers wouldn't fight. Nobody would fight. And the question here is why would nobody fight? But the reason that nobody would fight is because they were focused on the giant. And then David turns up, and just so you know, the reason that David turns up here is because his dad has sent him from Bethlehem to go to the battle lines to to give food to his brothers who are in the army and to bring news back to his dad about how this battle was going on. And then, of course, David shows up and assesses the situation pretty quick, and then we find David's first words in all of Scripture here in verse 26. David asks the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? In those days, that is a proper insult. He's like stirring this. That he should defy the armies of the living God. He's like, who is this guy that would dare defy the armies of the living God? And this last word is key. If you go back and you read this passage from verse 1 all the way down to verse 26, this is the first time God is mentioned. Because everyone else is focused on the giant. Nobody's even thinking about God. And for six weeks, all the Israelite army have been saying, verse 25, do you see how this man keeps coming out? Every time Goliath comes out, he's like, right, who's going to fight me today? And everyone is thinking, look how much bigger this giant is than we are. And then a 15-year-old boy comes along and he says, look how much smaller this giant is than our God. Everyone else is focused on the giant, whereas David was focused on God. See, behind every giant, every issue, every obstacle, every challenge that we face... Ultimately, what is behind it is fear. And fear will always focus on the giant, but faith will always focus on God and propel us into God's presence. If we want to be a people after God's own heart, the next time we face a difficult problem, an obstacle, an issue that we think we can't do anything about, don't focus on it. Don't focus on the giant. God is always with us. The first step of breakthrough for us to overcome the giants in our lives is to focus on God and to seek God's presence. The second step that we must take is we must be courageous in God's power. Finally, someone has shown up. And David's like, I'll take this dude on. David says, I'm not afraid to fight him. But remember, friends, this is just an inexperienced shepherd boy. He's 15 years old. He never even held a sword or put a helmet on or worn armor. He'd never even seen a battlefield. Let's be in the middle of one. So it raises the question, why does David run to the fight when everybody else wanted to run from the fight? Well, we see it from verse 33. 
He says this, Saul replied, Saul's talking to David, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he has been a warrior since his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I mean, wow, what a king. Oh, bless you, David. You go out there and get him. Like he's willing to send this little boy into a battle and have his blood shed. But remember, it's just a little shepherd boy. But this little shepherd boy is the one who's going to end up reminding King Saul and the Israelite army just how powerful God really is. He's courageous in God's power. So why do we fear our giants so much? Why do we worry so much? Why do we quit so easily? Why do we run away so quickly? I would suggest it's because we forget what we should remember and we remember what we should forget. We magnify the giant before us and we minimize the God in us. Every time we worry, we maximize the giant and we minimize God. We're all created in the image of God and God has given us three kinds of sight. He's given us hindsight, he's given us insight, and he's given us foresight. We have the ability to look back, we have the ability to look in, and we have the ability to look ahead. I heard a pastor once say that the right hindsight will give us the proper insight to have the correct foresight. The reason why David could face the present and the reason why David was unafraid of the future was because he remembered what had happened in the past. And he said, look, you lot think that I should be afraid of this guy, but let me tell you about what God has done for me. I've killed lions and I've killed bears with a stick, with my bare hands. If we remember what God has done for us yesterday, We can believe what he will do for us today and be confident of what he will do tomorrow. David remembered what everyone else had forgotten. David believed what everyone else doubted and that's why he stepped up when everyone else stepped back. Look, at the end of the day, we all face giants in our lives. And often what is behind those giants is fear. And we can allow it to paralyze us, to stop us in our tracks. Fear will say, look how much bigger that giant is. But faith will say, look how much smaller that giant is than God. To see genuine breakthrough and overcome fear, we need to be focused on God's presence, that God, you are with me. 
And secondly, we need to be courageous in God's power. Like, I'm not going to fight this giant in my own strength. I'm going to fight it, God, in yours. And we must regularly remind ourselves what God has done in the past. Like in the 20 years or so of me following Jesus, it's why I journal. I actually have a lot of journals because I want to remember what God has done in the past. Last step, we need to be zealous for God's praise. One thing that both sides are convinced of, that's the Philistines and the Israelites, is that this fight is not going to last very long. (laughs) If you blink, you might miss it. They're kind of thinking it's like a hurricane versus a twiglet, or an arctic lorry versus an e-scooter, or a crocodile versus a chihuahua. Like if this battle had taken place today, all the Philistines would have been out there with their, phone, with their phones on, with Facebook Live, and they'd be like, oh, don't miss this. And all the Israelites would probably have blindfolds on, and they're like, we just can't watch this. Everyone's probably thinking, what's going to be the last words of this little lad? And this is what he says, verse 45 to 47. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel's armies, sorry, the armies of Israel's, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. David wants the Philistines to listen. And he wants the Israelites to listen. He says, this is not about about me. This is all about God. And he wants them to know that he's fighting this giant, not for fame or for fortune or to be part of the royal family or not pay taxes. David is fighting this giant for one reason and one reason alone. And it's for the glory of God. He's fighting with the presence of God, believing that he'll be delivered by the power of God, all for the glory of God. He's zealous for God's praise. Church, I would say that this story isn't about a boy who killed a giant for God. It's a story about a God that killed a giant for a boy. We could say that this story isn't really about the giants that we face. It's a story about the God who fights the giants that we face. And we often say in life, don't we? Life is tough. Life is hard. Life is a battle. But the battle is not ours. The battle is his yeah, think about this for a moment. This giant, nine foot nine inches tall, he's wearing a bulletproof vest, Kevlar helmet, steel cap toe boots. His sword is taller than David. His shield weighs more than David. And then there's a 15-year-old kid with five rocks and a catapult. Verse 48, 
as the Philistine moved closer to attack, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. Remember David's last words in verse 47, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. David did not kill Goliath for God. God killed Goliath through David. David got the victory. David got the breakthrough over fear. But God got all the praise. David didn't care about the money or the fame or the reputation or about anything else. All David cared about was that God got the glory. And if you read the rest of David's life, the whole of the rest of David's life in the scriptures, right up until the day that he died, he never bragged about killing Goliath. And you know why? Verse 46. So that the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. If you're a follower of Jesus here today, your number one goal in life is to live in such a way that people will look to you and say, maybe not there's a God in Israel, but there is a God in Bournemouth. And my challenge for us as we move into 2024 is will we be a church willing to share the gospel, the good news with others, despite persecution so that people out there will know there is a God in Bournemouth? Will we be a church that's willing to show compassion and love, not judgment and condemnation, to a confused and hurting generation so that people will know there is a God in Bournemouth? Will we be bold enough to keep inviting people here to gather with us on Sundays to encounter God's presence and power and praise so that they will know there is a God in Bournemouth? Church, we're living in a nation that is rapidly forgetting there is a God. But will we live in such a way to show the light of the world into the darkness of Bournemouth so that they will know there's a God who loves them? Let me remind you, church, that King Charles is not in control. The government is not in control. America and China are not in control. Putin is not in control. World economies are not in control. There is a God who sits on the throne of the universe and he is in control. And he can defeat all the giants that we face and that is what David is trying to help us understand. Friends, we worship a God that saves, that rescues, that delivers, a God that will fight our battles and bring victory over fear. I didn't say this in the first gathering, but I'm going to say it now. See, the big picture of every story in this precious book is that this isn't really a story of a shepherd. This is a story of a savior. I'll end with this. David was born in Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. David was a shepherd, and Jesus called himself the good shepherd. The giant taunted Israel for 40 days, and Jesus was tempted by the devil for 40 days. 
3,000 years ago, the only one who could face a giant was called David, the ancestor of Jesus. And a thousand years later, the only one that could face a giant called Satan was Jesus, the son of David. A thousand years after David fought his giant, Jesus fought two giants. He fought Satan and he fought sin. And both of those giants thought, you can't beat us. But just like his ancestor, David knelt down in a garden, but he didn't pick up five stones. He picked up a cross. Where David lived, Jesus died. And where David later died, Jesus rose from the dead. See, because of Jesus, we don't have to run from any giant anymore. We can run towards any giant because Jesus has overcome sin. He's overcome Satan. He's brought us new life and life in all its fullness. We have victory over fear. Do you know that, church? And the reason we have victory over fear is because we have Jesus His presence with us, his power in us, whose praise comes through us. We're believing this is a year of breakthrough for us personally, but also that God would receive the praise that he is worthy so that those out there would know there is a God in Bournemouth. Amen? Amen. Amen.